the we're going family style deal. Because I want a bite of your Big Mac. And I need some of your quarter pound. I'll try your filet of fish. There's a deal for every friend group at McDonald's. Order any two classics for just six bucks. Price of participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer. Whether you're a skeptic or a believer, join me, Rob McConnell, as together we'll investigate the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology here on the Exxon Radio TV show on XZBN and the Exxon TV channel on Simul TV. Since 1990, the Exxon Radio TV show has been the place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. Together, we'll investigate UFOs, aliens, ghosts, Bigfoot, psychic phenomenon, lake monsters, conspiracy theories, government cover-ups, the truth embargo, alien abductions, ESP, haunted locations from around the world, and so much more. With over 28 years of broadcasting and more than 4,500 individual guests, the X-Zone is truly a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality, as evidenced by the credibility, integrity, and professionalism of the guests that we bring to our international audience. If you have seen a UFO, had a close encounter, seen a ghost, Bigfoot, lake monster, or a story that you would like to share or have investigated, contact me, Rob McConnell, by sending me your email to xzone at xzoneradiotv.com or you can call toll-free 1-800-610-7035, extension 143, and on Skype, Exxon Radio TV. For more information on the Exxon Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www.exxoneradiotv.com or www.exxonetvchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net. Until next we meet here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Always remember X-Zone Nation. Keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light. Welcome to Mission Evolution Radio Show with Gwilda Wiaka, bringing together today's leading experts to uncover ever-deepening spiritual truths and the latest scientific developments in support of the evolution of humankind. For more information on Mission Evolution Radio with Gwilda Wiaka, visit www.missionevolution.org. And now, here's the host of Mission Evolution, Miss Gwilda Wiaka. Hello, dear friends. This is Mission Evolution Radio Show, where we share innovative thoughts with the day's leading scientific and esoteric experts, supporting the path to unity and enlightenment. I'm Gwilda Wiecka. This hour, we'll be exploring stepping out of conditioning and into authenticity. As we further explore evolution and prepare to enter a more unified reality, it becomes clear that each of us came exactly the way we are for a specific purpose. Like individualized cells in a body, we each have our own unique role to play. The only way we can hope to evolve as individuals and as a culture is for each of us to honor the truth of who we really are and wake up to our unique position in the circle of life. However, this often goes against our conditioning to be nice and not speak our mind. It requires the ability and willingness to embrace authenticity, to stand up and say no when something being required of us does not align with the truth of who we are. At first glance, this may appear easy, but our conditioning to be nice and not make waves runs deeper than we may think. Often we think we know who we are and what we want only to discover we were mistaken. We may think we can say no, but when it comes right down to it, we're unable to recognize our own boundaries, much less set them. How can we unbury our true expression from generations of conditioning? Once unearthed, how can we set boundaries to align with our nature while honoring those of the people around us? Can we balance compromise and cooperation with expressing our true authenticity in dealing with others? With us this hour to explore the topic is Dr. Ann Brown, a psychotherapist, speaker, coach, and the author of Backbone Power, The Science of Saying No. Ann is a graduate of the University of Virginia with a B.S. in Nursing, Boston University with an MS in Psychiatric Mental Health and Nursing, 
an international university with a Ph.D. in addiction studies. For over 20 years, she served as the trusted advocate and advisor to influential corporate leaders, trial attorneys, athletes, physicians, and their families. Combining her own professional experience with that of her mentor, Dr. Fernando Flores, Brown used a methodology that helped people reveal their blindness and learn to speak authentically, thereby decreasing their suffering and increasing their dignity and authenticity. Her website, backbonebower.com. And thanks for joining us on Mission Evolution. Thank you for having me. How did you become interested in boundary setting? Um, it was my own personal journey and working with families who were wrestling with people who had substance use um, control issues and seeing how people's almost addiction to being nice was putting not only them at risk, but their families at risk. And then being an observer of the history that we women are, which is don't rock the boat, be nice, be compliant. Uh, it's, it doesn't work with uh, a spiritual journey of being an authentic person. Did you personally have uh, issues with saying no? Yeah, I wasn't born with a backbone. <laughs> I, I have fought for mine every step of the way. So how did you overcome that? Well, it was a lot of observing and a lot of being thrown into a arena where if you didn't stand up, if you didn't speak the truth, you your body would go crazy because you were seeing that um, you were participating in a lie. And that's basically what enabling is. Uh, you, you know, I think it was Gloria Steinem who said, all it takes is one person to stand up and say, this is wrong and others will follow. And it's really important in this particular day and age, and it probably always has been, uh, for us to say, you know what, that's bullying. You know what, that's a lie. Um, and I just think it's easier to do that when we stand as a group. Yeah, because, you know, usually in a family uh, situation where we are dealing with addictions and denials, the one that stands up and says, hey, hey, this isn't right, is usually the one that gets ostracized and judged against. Yes, yes. And then that lives in your body. So part of the work is understanding that if you're in a toxic situation and you're over 18 and you can get out safely, I don't recommend saying no in a situation that's physically abusive, once you're out and once you're in a safe situation, that's the time to start exercising. You know what, this is wrong. Hey, um, what? in order to continue, I need this. Uh, don't speak to me that way. So is is it the having grown up in, a, in an abusive situation, what kind of sets us up for not having a backbone? I think that, but also, as I say, the history that women are, um, be nice, be compliant, don't rock the boat. Look at the, look at the Me Too movement. All those women, you can criticize them, but we didn't have a culture that, and we still don't, that supports people speaking up um, and speaking their truth, which I think is why the universe is organizing these people to find each other so that they have the courage to stand up when the universe is saying, no, that didn't happen. No, um, you know, look at the Olympic gymnastic girls. Look how many times they tried to stand up. Um, and finally, somebody listened. But we have story after story of, of situations like that. So what do you mean by backbone? Um, the ability to say no when you mean no, and I've had people say to me, I absolutely can't do that, so I coach them to say, I don't know until they get home. Ask yourself, is, does this work for me? So that's first. The second is the ability to ask for what you want, ask for what you need, and the ability to just speak your truth, which is who you are authentically, what is true for you. Don't you have to find that before you can speak it? I mean, a lot of us don't really, you know, we've been so conditioned, we don't really know who we are or what we want. I would agree, and I would say the first thing to learn is to say no, because that will define, start to define who you are. If you say yes to everybody, as one client said to me, I don't even know who I am. 
my whole life has been focused on taking care of and working to have other people like me. What resistances get in the way of having a backbone? Um, what if I, I just heard the other day, someone said, but what if she's not my friend anymore? I said, well, she's not your friend if you can't say no to her. She's only your friend for what you can do for her. That's not a friend. I think when, that, and then other people have said to me, but I'm not perfect. Um, I should be perfect before I start to say no. Well, that's a long wait, isn't it? Yeah, it sure is. <laughs> what challenges are we facing today in our culture that make having a backbone imperative? Well, again, uh, the opportunist, the narcissist, the sociopaths, they've had their way with us. And we haven't found each other and we haven't stood up. But now we are and now we're standing up. And when you're, I mean, these people, the takers, they smell people who are codependent, who can't say no. They can find them. Uh, they know the symptoms. They might not be able to explain to you or me how they know them, but they know them. And someone who stands up has a backbone, those people, they know that right away because they don't want you to push back on them. What makes the difference between your narcissistic people and those of us that may not, may or may not have a backbone? You know, what, what's the recipe for that kind of codependent relationship? Well, the narcissist is uh, there's only one person in the room, and that's me. And if you bring me something that's upsetting to you, I'm going to blame you for upsetting me. It's all about me. It's what you can do for me. It's expectations. You are only there to serve me. Um, sociopaths, lying is just part of their nature. We don't usually, uh, as good people, we usually have a moral compass that says lying is not something we want to do. So uh, sociopaths don't have that. Do we even know uh, when we're not being authentic? No, no. And um, I give an example in my book of a woman who came in, brought her daughter in, daughter was seven or eight, and they, she had gone through a divorce. And she said the daughter was having a really hard time with visitation with their father. She didn't want to go. Um, what could she do? And I said, well, can she make requests? Can she ask to go to the park? Can she ask to do the things that are important? I mean, yes, she'll do the things that her dad wants her to do, but can she ask to have a little art place where she could color? And the woman said to me, uh, if she makes a request of him, she will be hit. Now, that little girl's going to grow up. She's not going to know why she can't make requests. She's not even going to know that there's a world where she could make requests until somebody reveals that blindness. In a family where you're not allowed to say no, it's just yes, sir, no, sir, how high, sir. You don't know that you don't know how to say no. You have to have breakdowns and then a smart coach, observer, therapist, who can say, guess what? We need to work on this so you have new tools that you never got. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an amazing dilemma, isn't it, where these personalities, and we all have a little bit of all of it in us, I think. So we're going to have to take a, a short break. On the other side, I would like to talk about how, you know, right now we're talking about apples and oranges or this side of the coin and that side of the coin. I'd like to say, where are we all the same? <laughs> Ann and I will return shortly, so don't go away. You're listening to the Mission Evolution Radio Show, coming to you on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. It's hard to listen to the news without realizing we're living in volatile, unprecedented times. Yet never has there been such an opportunity to transform the human condition. As old structures fail, where can we find the guidance to co-create a better way? Find Your Path Home is an ever-evolving, leading-edge information, education, and healing resource center 
designed to support and guide you on your path to unity and enlightenment. Based on sound principles employed by Shaman Worldwide, we provide techniques that can support you through the current transitions, offering online shamanic classes, international long-distance shamanic healing sessions, complimentary Mission Evolution radio episodes and Stairway to Heaven TV vignettes, seminars, retreats, and much more. All of this can be found on findyourpathhome.com. So I was watching the X-Zone TV channel last night when I was abducted by aliens and they kept repeating to me over and over again, simultv.com, simultv.com. What's simultv.com? That's what I asked them. They had it written on the side of their UFO. How do you spell that? UFO. No, I mean simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Right. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Interesting that you were abducted by aliens in a simultv.com UFO last night. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Now that you mention it, I remember now last night, I was awakened from a deep sleep. My great-grandmother was standing there. She said she'd come from the hereafter to tell me about Simultv.com. She even spelled it out for me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. Wow. Yeah. Guys, you'll never guess what my psychic guru just told me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Exactly. Are you guys psychic too? Of course. We all know about Simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Welcome back. This is the Mission Evolution Radio Show, missionevolution.org. We're dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. Our guest this hour is Dr. Ann Brown. Her website, backbonepower.com. And we were just getting into the, the, the two personality types that end up having a, a toxic relationship if they're not careful. And that would be the narcissist, the takers uh, versus the people with no backbone. But, you know, it's, it's, if we're not careful, it starts to sound like us and them. Um, like, you know, everybody's in a little box and you're either this or you're either that. Don't we all have some of the tendencies uh, of both? Uh at the point where we are destructive to other human beings, uh, no. Um, and I don't want to confuse taking care of yourself as being narcissistic. I do think that there are some people who are not going to change their ways and that they may not be the people that you can keep in your community. Um, we want to give everybody a chance uh, to be the best person they can be. But if you have evidence over and over again that someone is not going to change, then I think, unfortunately, those people have to go on an outer sphere. So you're talking about the, the extreme cases and um, rather than just the tendencies. Exactly. Now. In, in a world where we're all doing our work and my goal is not to hurt you and your goal is not to hurt me, then yes, we have a lot of um, similarities. We're all human beings. We're all on a path. We're all going to have different variations of uh, standing up. You know, I think most of us, or I've had conversations with people and we wish we had known or had the tools to advocate for others or stand up for others. Uh, we don't really have a choice right now, and yet I'm, sur I'm sure there are areas we are not standing up for others that we should be. But it's a time for those of us who are looking to uh, have the world be a better place to unite. And we are on different spectrums, but we are all we have a we have a goal not to hurt others. Well, it's certainly a critical time on the planet, isn't it? And hurting yes. others includes the planet itself, the animals. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's an interesting thing that we're up against. How can we become more aware of our true feelings versus our conditioning? I think um, if you take the tools, and the first one is learning to say no. As I said before, I had a man who said, "I just I always say yes, and I don't want to do it," and you're your symptom, the first symptom is resentment. If you find yourself resentful, you're not making requests and you're not saying no. So you have to stop the people pleasing process. That's number one. Um, and then number two, as this woman in my office said after she read my book, she said, I don't even know who I am. 
I've never asked the questions you have in your book. Asking so, yourself, asking yourself, what do I feel about this situation? Do I want to do this? Do I not want to do this? That's a luxury some people have never done in their life. Where, where does our conditioning come from? I mean, is there a common denominator that, you know, um, that causes us to be conditioned out of our natural expression? Uh, I would say that the common ones I've heard are I don't like conflict, so I'll agree to anything. Um, I'm, I'm not worthy. Um, uh, my spiritual or religious uh, training says I should never think of myself. Uh, that interferes with making requests. I'm a firm believer if you don't put your oxygen and mask on first, you can't take care of others and that there is nothing wrong with that. I have clients who were spoken about in the family with high praise because they never asked for anything. Right. That seems to be a, a, what's, <laughs> what's rewarded in families. You know? Right. Right. Yeah. Oh, look at look, this is a good child. He's never asked for anything. That child's not going to grow up knowing what's important to him. What are some of the techniques that narcissists use to control their victims? I mean, this is a dance. It's a game. It takes two to tango, right? Um, yeah, but rewriting history, that's something I don't ever recommend my clients do. Um, always blaming the other person. I recommend my clients take responsibility when they have messed up. Um, just operating. I heard one narcissist who said, you know, I just figured there are other people in the room. Hmm. You know, we're raised to think of others. We have to learn to think of ourselves as well. But the narcissist is not does not care about you except as how you can take care of him and what you can do for him or her. Well, it sounds like a damaged individual and it doesn't sound like a very happy way to be long-term. What, what creates that? Uh, that's a good question. Um, environment, genes. Um, I don't know that I can give you a specific answer for that. I am more, uh, how do you avoid coordinating action with that person? How can you recognize them? And once you get under their thumb, how can you get out safely? And then, because the narcissist, you know, that's toxic love, but it's sure, it's still love. And our bodies don't necessarily make the differentiation. And so we miss that bonding that happens. And that's why it's so hard for some people to get out and stay out. When people have grown up around narcissists, are they less able to recognize them as adults? Yes, and you're more, you know, what, what I would say is the vibration is familiar to you. Uh, it's like one of the leaders in sex abuse said when he goes to a party, he looks at the woman that he's most attracted to, and he's pretty sure she's going to have been sexually abused as well. So he goes to the one that he thinks would be the most boring. Now, I, that's an example of we gravitate to what is familiar. And so maybe what's familiar to us, we should question earlier than we do. Is there also um, a, a part of, well, maybe I couldn't make it right for my mother um, or I couldn't be good enough for my father to love me, but maybe if I keep trying, I can get my spouse or whatever to love me. Does that play in there? Is that, assuming that it's also another narcissist? No, assuming that one person is the giver and the other is the taker. Oh, yeah, the other yes, the, yes. the other person in your life is yet another narcissist. Yeah, we, al we always want to complete uh, and have a better ending what happened in our, uh, in our family of origins, which is why my, one of my strongest recommendations is for people to do their family of origin work. Understand what you grew up with, what's normal for you, what you, you know, a fish doesn't know it's, there's out of water until there's out of water. We, we don't know what we don't know until someone says, hey, guess what? So, the, yes, there is a blindness to work this out so it comes out better than it did as a child. You know, when first learning to set boundaries, there's a tendency to be overzealous and confrontational, like pushing through. And um, how can this be minimized? Um, I'm actually okay with that for <laughs> the beginning because it's so much better 
than just being the doormat and having your body filled with resentment. And anytime you practice someone something new, it's like a tennis stroke. You're going to hit it out of the park. You're going to hit it into the net. That's all okay. Just keep going. Because but then there's the, the one nerve left phenomenon. How can we avoid dumping the load of backed up anger from a lifetime of not setting boundaries onto the first person we say no to? Right. Um, I recommend starting in, in easy places like restaurants. You know, your loved ones are harder. There's more trigger. I recommend starting in less triggered events um, like a restaurant. Um, could I have my water without ice, please? Just simple. Um, this meal wasn't cooked to my satisfaction. There are people who cannot do that. Yeah, I can certainly understand that. How can you tell? I mean, at first, we don't even know, or you know, people don't even know that they're one of the ones that can't say no, uh, that, that you know, they just kind of are blind to it. How, how can you start recognizing if you're in that court? Well, listen to your conversations. If you're constantly a victim, if you're constantly in resentment, not the, not the conversation you have in public, but the conversation you have in the shower or when you're alone. God, I hate that person. I wish you, I don't want to see that person. I, that person may be making requests of you. Maybe you're upset because you can't say no to that person. Look at your resentment. Resentment always happens when you're not taking care of yourself. If you're the person that's um, a victim of the world, it's usually because you're not taking care of yourself. What makes us want to be victims? I mean, that's it's, some people are pretty invested in that. What's what? What are we hiding from there? I think, and you probably see this as well. Um, there are people in the world who don't want to change, and that's fine. That's their path. Um, and if the path they're on is a victim, and they don't want to change, they're going to stay there. Do you think guilt plays a role in there? Um, or avoidance thereof? <laughs> I would say more afraid of the unknown. But guilt is, uh, you know, I, I'm a subscriber, and I tell this to my clients all the time, you don't need to feel guilty. You need to be accountable. But anybody who tries to make you feel guilty, say no to that. Ask yourself, have I done everything I should have done? Because that's my responsibility. Um, you don't have to feel guilty. That's sort of a man-made emotion. Yeah, I totally agree with that one. But it is certainly perpetrated on us enough in our society. Yes, it is. So it gives you lots of opportunity to practice. I like that. <laughs> well, it, it's time for a short pause. Anne and I will return to our discussion on the other side of this break. So you stay right there. This is Mission Evolution Radio Show. We're coming to you on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. They're here, and they've been here for thousands of years, making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night, or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. Get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I.net. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnix, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the word of God, love one another. 
Amen informs people how mankind conceived God. It was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God. And finally, after the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simo TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Welcome back. This is the Mission Evolution Radio Show. MissionEvolution.org, bringing leaders and leading-edge information to support the path to enlightenment. We're speaking with Dr. Ann Brown, her website, BackbonePower.com. And we were just getting a little bit into guilt, and it seems like um, guilt has been the major form of control in our society for a long time. And I was wondering how much that has to do with the tools that the narcissists wield and the back the spineless ones avoid is um, not to be made to blame at all costs and keeps us in victim. I think what I have heard from people um, be, saying no is selfish, asking, making requests is selfish. Uh, you are a self-centered person. If that has been used, against the child, um, you know, do you like blueberry pancakes? No, I like raspberry, you're a selfish person. Uh, if you can't have thoughts and ideas and what's so for you as a child, therein lies, yes, you know, you're gonna feel guilty about saying no and making requests. And that's at one end of the spectrum. At the other end of the spectrum, if you if there's so much going on that when you come home, there's consequences for substance use, there's illness, there's all these things, you know, your little soccer game and somebody going to that, you asking for that, there's no room for that. And you'll probably be made to feel, how could you bring that up? Look at what we have going on here. So, yes, there's all sorts of history. Uh, one client told me that, you know, when she made requests, they were used against her. So if she said, I'd like to play soccer, she was deliberately not given soccer. So all of those uh, things that happen in our family of origin, we don't know those until some smart therapist can reveal those to us. And then we get ourselves in a safe situation where we can start to ask ourselves, well, you know what? Do I like soccer? Do I like ice skating? Do I like chocolate? Do I like vanilla? And that's the beginning of a very powerful journey for you. It occurs to me that if we don't find, uh, it seems like what we desire, just like with animals, we're drawn to what is our true expression. We're drawn to what we need. And if we, if that's been short stopped and we can't follow our joy, our bliss, our desire, then we're not really in the circle of life, are we? No, we're not. We're, and in, we're, we're in a circle of somebody else's life because we're dedicated to either having other people like us or doing for other people. So we aren't we aren't standing up um, and bringing our unique peace to the whole. Correct. And you right now, that seems really important. Yes, yes. You rob yourself of who you are, but you rob your family and your community. 
I mean, how many times has someone come into my office and said, oh, I'm going to leave my marriage because I don't like this, this and this. And I'll say, have you told your spouse that? Oh, no, I could never do that. Well, in my office, you're not going to leave a spouse until you tell them what's what's up, what's going on. We withhold our truth because we think it's better, but then you stab them in the back. So it isn't. So we end up being as damaging, or we, the yes. person that has no backbone, ends yes. up being as damaging as the narcissist in the long run. Because, and you don't see that because you think yours is better because it's not out in the open. It's behind their back. Well, what a yes. tangled web we weave, right? Yes, yes, yes. So how can we set boundaries to align with our nature while honoring those of the people around us? I think the first thing you do is you have to give yourself permission. So you have to look and see where, you know, do I have permission? Can I say no? Can I make requests? And then once you start doing that, the people are going to follow, they're going to fall away, the ones who won't allow you to do that. They will just, they won't be there anymore. And that's how, a good thing. <laughs> how, yeah. How can we balance a compromise and cooperation with expressing our true authenticity in dealing with others? Well, I have a way of resolving conflict. And it, you know, you have an agreed upon time, you talk about it, you bring up your concerns, and you, um, you, I can do this, I need this from you. Okay, I can give you that, but I can't give you this. And, and you, you talk. And I think um, it was Pia Melody who said, your job is to make the, the most requests of your partner and then pick the partner who can um, honor those requests. You know, when an individual first starts setting boundaries, you know, they've been back spineless for a lot of years. There tends to be a pushback from other people in their world interested in the status quo. What are some tools to deal with this? And when do you know when it's time to throw in the towel? Um, I, I think that that's an excellent point and it's not going to take, uh, just one round. You know, if they know that they can manipulate you, guilt you, whatever they use to get you to do what they want, um, they're going to keep trying. <clears throat> so your job is to say, actually, no, that doesn't work for me. Thank you for asking. And no stories, no victim stories. You asked me to get you a glass of water. I'm not rejecting you. I'm simply saying I cannot get you a glass of water. Thank you for asking. You can ask me again. Um, a lot of people think saying no is rejection. Uh, it's not. just means I can't do what you ask. What are the consequences to our families and our communities if we can't take a stand? Well, um, how many stories have we read about bullying, you know, where the bully got rewarded and the victim got kicked out of school? Uh, we can't allow that. We have to stand up for people who are being bullied, for example. When our communities don't take a stand for fresh water, for the environment, for our children, the communities and the families become victims of the takers. How does one get to the point where we can smoothly and authentically say no, rather than engaging in, in a lot of the compensations to do so? Um, you can smoothly say no. Don't expect that you'll get a smooth re <laughs> reaction. but. The way I teach no is, thank you for asking, I can't do uh, that, period. Not I'm sick, not um, I've got other things to do, just no, a simple no. Um, once, once your bottom line and the other person's bottom line are clear, then there's more room for, okay, where can we compromise here? I might not be able to do what you asked today, but maybe I could do it tomorrow. I might not be able to help you with your charitable event this year, but maybe next year. Does one need to delve into the issues and conditioning that prevents them from saying no before they can be authentic in boundary setting? Um, I, when I learned this, 
we just did the exercises. We sat down with another person and spent hours. That person would ask us and we would spend hours saying, no, thanks for asking. I can't do that. Um, we were not allowed to make any stories up. We also did the same exercise with making requests. And we did hours to modify our body. We did not dig into, we, we had revelations, but we did not dig into our past about it. We Seems like we can get lost in our stories pretty easy, yes, doesn't it? Yes, yes. But uh, it sounds like classical conditioning, like you just, uh, you know, replacing one knee-jerk reaction with another. Yeah, and you'll find the first time you say no, people are like, wow. <laughs> if it works, it's great. Even if it doesn't work, they're still like, wow, I've never done that. And they feel empowered. What happens to the opportunists, takers, and sociopaths, and narcissists in, if the world, uh, if people in the world start saying no? They will go to the ones who haven't learned it yet. They have no interest in you if you can't say yes to them all the time. So they will move on to the next person. Seems like a pretty, pretty strange way to live life, doesn't it? Um, for those of us who care about the world and have empathy and compassion and care about our planet, yes, it does. Yeah, it's pretty sad. Does it serve the evolution of unity consciousness for each of us to stand in our authenticity? And if so, how? Um, I believe unless we do at this time, we are going to do more and more enabling. You know, we have not rewarded our whistleblowers, our people who stand up and speak the truth. I think our consciousness is at the point where we not we need to value them, not be afraid of them. We will always have people who are afraid of the change. I mean, look at all of the sexual abuse movements and how long it took with people doing a little voice and then getting a bigger voice. Um, we can't go backward. We have to go forward. Oh, well, you we see where backwards been leading us, right? Yep. And we never had these laws. I mean, most people don't understand that we didn't really get laws to protect us from physical abuse, sexual abuse until laws with teeth, with money, with education, until the mid-1950s. Why do you think it started turning around then? Uh, more consciousness, um, child abuse. I mean, I was on one of the first teams to start identifying child abuse, and we started to see what we thought maybe 70 to 80% of people, uh, homes, families, uh, were abusing their children in one way or another because it was condoned by the church and the state. Well, we need to take another quick break. Ann and I will be back shortly, so don't leave us now. This is the Mission Evolution Radio Show on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. They are here, and they've been here for thousands of years, making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night, or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. Get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzulli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I.net. Christopher Fulton is a survivor of the National Security State. 
All he wanted to do was preserve history when he acquired a Cartier watch from the estate of President Kennedy's personal secretary. But that simple act set off a terrible chain reaction. He was pursued by the U.S. Justice Department and the FBI, thrust into the middle of the U.S. government's Assassination Records Review Board, even monitored and pursued by the Russian government. All because that Cartier watch was the missing link of evidence, a timepiece worn by JFK that fateful day in Dallas, a link resulting in Christopher being incarcerated and attacked for nine years because he opened a hidden chapter in history. The intriguing journey outlined fully in Christopher Fulton's memoir, The Inheritance, is available now through Trinday.com or Amazon.com. The Inheritance, Poisoned Fruit of JFK's Assassination by Christopher and Michelle Fulton is a must-read, an incredible tale of how easily our own government can overrule justice. The Inheritance, Poisoned Fruit of JFK's Assassination. Welcome back. This is the Mission Evolution Radio Show, bringing together gifted people of service to the world. To suggest a topic or guest, email us at info at missionevolution.org. Our guest this hour is Dr. Ann Brown. Her website, backbonepower.com. And it, it occurs to me that there's been, you know, we've been living and continue to live in a lot of denial um, about what abuse really is, what we've suffered as far as abuse is, um, you know, and, and there's this this balance between sparing the rod and, spoil, and, and spoiling the child or not putting enough boundaries in place that there is a safe structure to grow up in. How can we find that balance? Well, that's an excellent question. Um, where, you know, what was okay 50 years ago is not okay. Today we have more research that uh, says how to raise healthy children doesn't include a lot of things that were included in the past. We have family of origin programs which help you identify the abuses, whether it's emotional abuse, crossing an emotional boundary, like telling the child, you like peas? I know you like peas. No, it's up to the child to tell us what they like and what they don't like. So more education, more consciousness, um, but we're always, always uh, up against denial because this is the way it was, so it's good enough or, you know, I'm raising good men here by um, beating or not complimenting or on and on. But I think that we're seeing changes. Um, we can even look at our sports, you know, some of the coaches were brutal in the sports and yet now we're seeing coaches who are fine human beings getting really good results by being honoring and respectful so um, i'm hearing am i hearing you say that we really kind of have to face our own pain uh about the way we were, grew up and the way our parents grew up before we can acknowledge the pain that we might be causing others i think i still call those blindnesses i think we have to say you know what I, I, I look now and I see you can do it through your reading, through hiring a coach, through going to seminars. I see what I grew up with and I didn't like it. And I don't think it helped me and I see a different way to do it now. So I think being an observer of where you have been helps you going forward. That's part of backbone, isn't it, though, is to stand yeah. up and take a look. Yeah. yeah. You know, I... And it, I in, in, you know, as we evolve, what, what I'm seeing and I, a lot of other people that I've been talking to are seeing is that we're having to take the blinders off and look at what has been with a jaundiced eye and experience the, the grief around that in order to move forward. Yes. And, you know, another thing that happens is not just what you uh, put up with or what you tolerated because you didn't have a choice as a child. You also, some people have a pride about how much abuse they took. And that's a really hard, uh, that's a really hard task for someone like me to change someone to say, I know you have a pride about the fact that you were beaten and you were put down, but that's not okay. Um, get rid of that pride because those people think that those of us who are saying no to that are weak. No, we're not. We're actually taking a stand for ourselves. 
So it's twofold. It's one saying no to it, and it's another getting rid of the pride you have about what, how much abuse you took. Is that pride a form of not having to change because um, see how good I am, even though my life was like this? Well, it's a little bit that, and I'm better than you because I can put up with more, uh, and you're a weaker person. That's interesting. Yeah. Go a little further into that. I didn't follow real well. Um, look at me, supermom. Let's do supermom. I take care of the kids. I, I do everything he should do. I do this. I do that. Look at me. I'm so great. Well, no, actually, you should be requiring your partner to be a partner. But yeah, look what you're reflecting to your children too, right? Yes, but when you grew up, nobody got the dinner. So at seven, you were standing on a chair to grab some cereal to feed your younger kids. You drove a car at nine because you were a better driver than your parent who was uh, out of control. So that lives in your body. And when I say live normal, you're like, but that seems weak. No, it's not. It's healthy. What you did to your body is stress. It's what do you mean? It, you've said this several times. What do you mean? Let's clarify. What do you mean by it lives in your body? Um, whoever you are, you got there because of what happened to you. And so it lives in my body. I was raised with manners. So manners are important to me. It lives in my body. I was raised to take the high road. It's just who I am. Uh, I had to overcome being the nice compliant because I was raised that way too. That seems like, like, like it's a, uh, a conflict between who you are authentically and what's living in your body. It's like a, a separate personality in there that's been imposed. Is that what you're talking about? Well, I think you change, you change, you know, once, if you're a person who never says no, your body goes one way. Your automatic thrownness is, yes, 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 I'll do it for you. If you start to say no, your body starts to shift. No, I can't do that. Ah, are they going to like me? Ah, am I going to have any friends? Your body starts to shift. You carry yourself with more dignity. You, you change your body. I say to people all the time, if we're not changing your body, your, the way you are, if your body isn't getting more dignity, more power, strength, courage, making different decisions. We're not doing our work. Can you tell that by reading a person's posture or, you know, the body center therapy sort of thing? Well, um, I do a lot of work on the phone, so I've, I've just, I can hear in their conversations how strong they get. You know, they might, I might give you an assignment, a one to a 10, 10 being the strongest backbone. You might pick a five, and then someday you might pick a 10. And I can tell that when you're speaking, when you're talking about how you're carrying yourself in the world. When you start to live authentically, you just carry yourself differently. Would you speak a little bit to how our creativity suffers when we're unable to be authentic? Oh, that's a really good point. I haven't done a lot of research here, but when you're spending so much time did I please that person? Am I, uh, da -da. When you're in your head, you're not free to access your creative side. When you clean things up, and I always say a healthy relationship is when you come home, you've been together for a few hours, and you don't have obsessive ruminating thinking. Did I say the right thing? Is he or she going to call? Oh, they didn't call. What does that mean? If you have that, you're probably in a dysfunctional. If you come home, gosh, that was a great evening. I can't wait till we get together again. That frees up, I would can only imagine, your creativity. If you spend lots of hours in ruminating about dysfunctional re relationships, your, your brain, your emotional system is hijacked. How much of that obsessive uh, ruminating is echoes of our history being projected onto the present? Um... Probably also, yes, and in picking dysfunctional people. I think for me, it's a sign that that relationship is probably not healthy for you. But if we're not standing up and speaking our truth, we'll never know that, will we? That's correct. And I'd like to say, I'd like to keep it simple for, for people. As I say, exercises, grab a friend and do it 10 minutes of a day. 
every, every day or twice a week or whatever you can. Just sit down, make requests of each other. And the only thing you can say is, no, thank you for asking. I can't do that. Try it. Modify your body. Change your body. Once you, It's like a habit. Once you do one, five, ten, when you say yes and you mean no, you go, ah, who was that person? Why did I do that? So you're talking about rewiring neurological pathways. You've got these uh, set conditioned responses and you're, you're trying to um, condition beyond that. Yes. Yes. And I believe you can do that. I would, I would have to agree. I've seen changes that are amazing when you, when you start working with uh, re-examining. Why did I do that in that moment? Yes. And it's just as automatic. It's like it's done and you go, that wasn't what I wanted to do. Right, right, right. What's the most effective first step that any of us can take to set clear boundaries? I would, I would start with just saying no. And if you have a partner who's committed, I would just Really sit down because you will do the first two tools, the request and the decline. Your partner has to ask you to do something and make it difficult. Um, Will you take me to my doctor's appointment? You know, most of us can't say no if there's illness involved. Make it difficult. Start with simple, get me a glass of water, but get into the, will you loan me money? Money and sex are tough ones. Illness is a tough one. Um, but start simple and, and just retrain your body to say no, no story. No, I'm sick. None of that. Just say, no, I can't do what you ask. Thanks for asking me. Well, it's, it's hard to believe, but we're, we're out of time. It's just been wonderful speaking with you and thank you for your lovely work in the world. Thank you as well. Our guest this hour has been Dr. Ann Brown. Ann is a psychotherapist, speaker, coach, and the author of Backbone Power, The Science of Saying No. Her website, backbonepower.com. I always love to hear from my listeners, and if you have any suggestions as who you'd like to have on the show or a topic you'd like to cover, please email us at info at missionevolution.org. This has been Mission Evolution Radio Show with Gwilda Wiecka on the Exxon Broadcast Network www.xzbn.net. Join us next time as the mission continues, bringing information, resources, and support to an evolving world. If you are looking for a safe, zero-calorie, natural option to the harmful artificial sweeteners on the market today, Just Like Sugar is what you're looking for. Just Like Sugar is a wonderful natural alternative for those health-conscious people who choose a calorie-restricted diet with a great, pure, sweet flavor that tastes just like sugar. Just Like Sugar is a great natural option for people suffering from diabetes and may be useful in restricted diet programs where standard sugars are not allowed and does not cause a laxative effect of some other sweeteners. Just Like Sugar comprises a perfect blend of chicory root fiber, natural calcium, natural vitamin C, and Just Like Sugar's sweetness comes from the natural flavors from the peel of the orange. Just Like Sugar is a natural alternative to harmful artificial sweeteners and will change the way that you believe all natural sweetener products taste. Just Like Sugar is available at your local Whole Foods markets, Wild Oats markets, Henry's, Sun Harvest, and many other fine natural food stores in the U.S., Canada, and worldwide. They are here, and they've been here for thousands of years, making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night, or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. Get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I.net. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simo TV. 
plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like Exxon, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today.